Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. You know, Julie, I love this topic, and I know all of you do too, because we're getting a lot of really great comments over on Instagram, and a lot of you showing some sincere appreciation uh, for this five-year plan that we're giving to you. So today, this is day three, and I know this doesn't, it should be maybe five days of podcast, but you know, we did, we're doing five years and three years. Yes, right? well, we're trying to coach you quickly so you can get into action That's faster. Right. <laughs> we're, we're hoping you overachieve and get your five-year plan done yes. in three. So if you've missed the first two parts to this three-part series, make sure you go back and listen to those as well. And uh, as always, all of our notes from all of our podcasts are down below. So if you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Prime, Google Play, or just, I don't even know all the little names. All the but places. All the places, right. And over on YouTube, obviously, all of our notes are down below. So make sure you scroll below and you'll see our notes. And then there's also an opportunity for you guys to join Premier Coaching. All that information is awaiting for you down below. So just open up the show description. And there you go. All right, Julie, so we're on year... Number four. And this is where the fun begins. I think this is my favorite part of the plan. And you'll see why in a second. I hope you'll agree. Point number one, again, we're on year number four. Now you're seeing the accumulation effect of your investing, your saving, and your hard work, assuming you did all of the things in the previous years, of course. Expand your knowledge about what to do with your profit. Remember, you are rich when your money is working for you and you're no longer working for it. So let's give them a practical example of sure. that. So um, you and I, when we first started selling real estate, it was into our maybe second or third year we started buying rental properties. Mm -hmm. And some of those rental properties, and this, remember, Julie and I have been married for longer than most of you have been alive. We've been married for 32 years. We got, uh, we essentially started selling, uh, bought our first uh, house, did our first real estate deal when we were like 22 and 23. And then thereafter, we started buying investment properties. So that's how long we've been in this business. And I'm not going to tell you our age. I'm 53, Julie's 52. But I'm not going to tell you Julie's age because oh she doesn't want me to. <laughs> edit, edit. Well, so anyway, so the what I'm not going to share with you is the accumulation effect, a living, breathing, personal example. We bought rental properties. Some of them were... 50 grand, 75 grand, some of them are 85 grand. And now they're all pretty much 300 and something grand. Yes. And that because that in why? Why did you know, why am I sharing that with you? Am I bragging? No. Am I trying to make you feel jealous? No. What I'm trying to explain to you with especially with all the back information is everything you want in life that's really mostly, you know, the big rocks, for example, the financial things, it's going to take a hell of a lot longer than you think. And you're going to have to be patient. And now, when Julie and I bought those rental properties, most of them were barely cash flowing. We, you know, sometimes they need roofs and, you know, we'd always question ourselves and, oh my gosh, these things are a pain in the butt. But over time, inflation, you guys might want to call it appreciation, but it's truly inflation, started to be our friend. And over the last five years, Julie, how much has the average home in the United States increased it's in about value? about 57%. Yeah. So if you've owned a rental property or a single family in the last five years, chances are, it's you know gone up by fifty seven percent, which by the way is unusual. A lot of yeah. ours took uh, I don't know ten or fifteen years to go up that much. Yeah, that's I mean our rental properties because we were in Columbus, Ohio, we're and, and because the market wasn't hot like they've experienced. No. Well, it well, there are a whole it. bunch of other things too. Yeah. But really, what we're trying to explain to them, hopefully they understand, is that the most important things in life 
always take longer to accomplish than maybe what you think or maybe what you've been led to believe or maybe what you've been marketed to to believe overnight success, do this and all this will happen, those types of things. So you guys, if you want to know what our founding, like where Julie and I go when we're trying to stay level-headed about our expectations for things, we will consume content from Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger. You know, I have their books. Julie and I listen to them when we go on walks because the overriding message from both of those uh, gentlemen is it takes a long damn time of being laborious and being focused and doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. But the accumulation effect, you know, if you put $1,000 and let's say this is your third year, third year or fourth year? This is the beginning of the fourth year. Okay. So let's say now you're able to invest $100,000. If you put that in the S&P 500, and let's say you're 30 years old, that money is on average going to double in value, maybe every seven years, maybe every six years, depends on what the stock market's doing. So let's say it doubles in value every seven years. This is the, you know, what Warren Buffett, these guys said the seventh greatest wonders of the world, it's, you mm-hmm. know, compounding interest. That's going to double every single year. Now, in when you're into this, this part of the plan, you should be buying rental properties because rental properties have three great benefits, depreciation, appreciation, and cash flow. So you can actually, rental properties will pay for themselves in multiple different ways. But over time, that rental property is going to be paid for and it's going to be worth potentially hundreds of thousands, if not in some cases, millions of dollars. At the same time, you're going to be investing in to securities, S&P 500. Um, you know, Jillian are huge advocates of Vanguard index funds, those types of things, things that don't cost a lot of money to maintain and have proven track records. When you do these things simultaneously, when you build some cash savings and you do the other things that we teach you guys how to do in our coaching program, over time, you will uh, essentially have become a millionaire, if not a multimillionaire, a decamillionaire on up, depending on, frankly, the the, uh, investments that you've purchased. And most important, that you've kept producing income. So that's one of the key tenets. When you get into this point of the plan, don't stop working. Don't stop earning money from your primary business. Your goal is for as long as you can is to have these passive investments produce their passive net income and then buy more things that produce more passive net income from those investments. Compounding, compounding, compounding. Exactly. And then uh, obviously continue to earn money from selling real estate. Don't get to a point where you stop selling real estate because real estate is your ATM machine. And with that money, then you then can obviously buy more investments. But eventually your investments are going to produce enough passive income that they then themselves can produce more investments. Well, so a whole lot in what you just said there. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're trying to get across to them, our dear listeners, is is several things. One is because everything that is predictable, duplicatable, and compounding naturally takes longer than you think, or naturally takes longer than you would certainly want or that we would want for you. And because of that, you have to get started earlier and be more consistent, no matter what your age is, get cracking and stay at it. Because this is not just a do this and wait and put it on the easy button. You have to lather, rinse, repeat. The other thing I heard you say is that when you get juiced up and excited about all of these um, investments and different strategies, you can't just lead with that and ignore what got you there in the first place. It's not your individual commissions that make you rich where your money's working for you and you're no longer working for it. Joel Donna, what you just said, (laughs) selling real estate Oh, we got booze when we said this from stage once, but it's still true. true. Selling real estate doesn't make you rich. Selling real estate doesn't make you rich if you're not producing any profit to then reinvest, right? It's the profit that you reinvest that makes you rich. 
Yes, and I, I remember when we learned that. It was shocking. It was like at the end of the year, you know, this is one of our big lessons. It's not just the individual commissions. It's not going from deal to deal. You've got to get away from just being transactional. It's what you do with it. Okay, speaking of which, that brings us to our next point. But, you know, Julie, it is, since we're vamping a bit, it is worth mentioning mm -hmm. that when you say investments, in all reality, there aren't that, very, there aren't that many things that, you, that we'll uh, suggest that you invest in. It's going to be the things you know the best, which are rental properties, maybe in your own market, maybe not. But it's going to be other things that are very, again, boring and predictable. We're going to tell you, and we're telling you already, listen to Charlie Munger. Listen to Warren Buffett. Do what those guys do. That's what we do. It's not complicated. They have been at it longer than all of us. Yeah, they, they're <laughs> probably the best in the world at doing it. So do what the best in the world do. I mean, <laughs> Words right? to live by right there, right? There you go. Point one and a half. All right, point number two, you can think as big as you wish now regarding your goal setting. Update your real estate treasure map and think even bigger this year. To do more transactions, add more spokes, not more staff, you should be working with only a handful of buyers or possibly none at all since you have your army of buyer partners assembled. We've talked about that on previous parts of the plan, but now is where you can really start to think even bigger. Don't wait before you do a new real estate treasure map. Some of you guys need to be reminded to do that, and you've gotten so good at, at you know achieving your goals. You've got to replace those goals with bigger goals and, and think out of the box. All right, point number three. Let's draw, draw a line sure. under a couple of points. You said this. Number one, there is no day in your life where you're not going to want to be productive and doing something like with your time. You're, you're, you might have a few days where you're going to sit on the beach, but if you're listening to this podcast and you've been part of Julie and I's orbit, you're probably one of the people like us who will always want to do something that's making a contribution to other people's lives in some capacity. It could be volunteering at this or volunteering at that. But do not ever believe there'll ever be a time in your life when you are not going to have to be 100% tuned in to your finances. Because as soon as you stop earning uh, regular income, as soon as you get, maybe you're at an age or a point in your life where it just doesn't really matter, but you still have to be managing your money. People ask Julie and I what we do sometimes. I mean, how do I explain to them? We have a real estate podcast, real estate coaches. We do all these other things. So Julie and I tell them what we actually spend most of our time doing, asset management. And that usually is the end of their questioning. And but if they ask- Shorter me, answer too. Right. If they ask <laughs> another question, well, asset management, tell me about that. And I just say, we manage our assets. And you will get to a point where you're managing your assets as well. But please never think that you can stop earning money. Because if you have to start living off the passive income from your investing, then you're going to stop accumulating more passive investments. Now, if you're living in a place where your cost of overhead is very low and you can essentially create a financial abundance for yourself, uh, essentially be rich where your money is working for you, you no longer have to work for your money, with three to $5,000 a month, you can actually get to that, that point where you're financially free in a very short period of time. Just follow the plan. And I also want to say this. Mm -hmm. Some of you listening are our age or older, and you're thinking to yourselves, I don't have enough time left on this you know, planet Earth to actually have the accumulation effect work for me in a meaningful way. And you might be right. That's the reason that Julie and I, one of the primary reasons why we're such advocates of you at least seriously considering joining eXp Realty, because I don't like the word hack and shortcut and all this other you know stuff that people How say. How about accelerate? Okay, there you go. The, the, the greatest wealth accelerator that I've ever seen in Julie and I's almost 30-year career working together has been the revenue share from eXp Realty. Because if you take that seriously, 
you can produce the amount of money you need to earn passively from real, uh, you know, that you would otherwise had to have purchased a lot of rental properties. You can do that in, you know, a matter of easily five years. And depending on what your number is, right? I'm not making any income promises, but the truth is, is if when you drill down and learn more about it, if you're willing to have the light go off in your head, it will go off in your head. So the next natural question a lot of you will ask, or at least thinking, all right, I'm 30, uh, I'm trying to decide, do I buy rental properties? Do I buy um, index funds? Do I do these other things, the more traditional path to wealth building, or do I just focus all my uh, efforts on EXP revenue share? You know what I'm going to say, listeners. (laughs) You do both and never forget that your primary source of income is from selling real estate. That has to be where your primary focus is, but do all the other things too. And yes, it's a lot of work but you can manage it and there is a plan for it. So then inside that five years, after the five years is over, you've got income coming from your real estate business because you've gotten a lot better. You've got income coming from your, well, maybe not even a lot of income coming from your rental properties, but they've been great for you for the sake of um, depreciation and cash. And appreciation. Uh, and, and appreciation, thank you. Maybe the cash flow still sucks. It probably will. But then you also have the XP revenue share. Then you've also got the money you've been investing in the index funds. You guys get it? So then you have multiple ways of paying not just your overhead, but also to pay for the goals that you've been setting and your future investments. And that that's why I say this is where the fun begins, right? Well, this is honestly, Julie, this is one of my probably top five topics. Me too. My favorite ones that you and I uh, talk about. Yes. So point number three, set a specific goal for your magic number of listings. You're never going to get away from that to your point. That's where everything starts is continuing to systematically and duplicatably make money so that you can do all of the rest of the things. For the rest of your life, whatever your magic number is, is what it's always going to be. You're always going to be Bob with three listings. Right? Yes, or, or more if you choose. Maybe you know your new goals mean that you've got to carry five to seven listings at all times. That's okay. It's not okay to not know. So if you're not sure how to achieve that higher level, get help before you get stuck. Get involved in Premier Coaching. Get involved in Elite Coaching so that we can not just get you to do your new treasure map, but show you how to achieve the things that you've set forth as your goals, especially when you're upgrading your goals. For some reason, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling a, uh, a poll to talk more to the older people listening because mm-hmm. I've coached them I for so long. That. Yeah. Um, well, so here's the thing: you can, no matter how old you are, accumulate, have a, you know whatever you want in life, and have the experiences that maybe some of you are slowly or quickly writing off that you'll never experience before. Some of the most famous people. Um, it, it most successful people did not start until they were basically in their fifties. My favorite example is Enzo Ferrari. Yes. Enzo Ferrari, are you ready for this listeners? Didn't start Ferrari as the greatest brand in the world until he was basically 50, right? There's a great movie about Enzo Ferrari that Michael Mann has directed. Make sure you watch that. He did not start his, and, and this was back in the forties uh, and 50 or uh, 48. Okay. Forties and fifties. When, when you were 50, you are pretty much considered an old man. Not anymore. At least you guys better not be thinking that. (laughs) Okay. Not anymore. But back then when you were 50 and you were starting saying, I'm going to start, you know, this business and formula and racing and all the rest of it. You, I could imagine that most people thought, are you kidding me? Right. You can do that. You have the energy for that. Yeah. You should be retiring. I mean, what's your life? And, And yet he did it. And here's the thing that happens as a result. He was on a mission. He decided he was going to be the Enzo Ferrari that was going to, you know, accomplish the things that he accomplished in his lifetime. Do you think the the pull to him completing that Michigan a mission caused him to live a richer, fuller life? So if you're at the point in your life where you're starting to give up on your potential, I would challenge you 
that there is no reason for you to ever give up on what you're capable of achieving until you're dead, okay? So you got to really not lose sight of what it is that is your truest mission, You're really where you feel the most alive while you're alive. And that really is going to be in the achievement of things, in the movement, not, not things like material things, but the achievement, the gravitational pull that comes from having big goals. Do that. Allow yourself, give yourself the gift of, of allowing that gravitational pull. Write down your goals, finish your treasure map, and then start working towards those things. And I promise you, you're going to feel more alive than maybe you ever have before because you're going to see over time, tiny little small things start to happen. Using revenue share as an example. Mm -hmm. You know, here it is. We're on year four. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now you've a, a sponsored personally, say 15 agents, but now you're making an, um, a, you know, a pretty impressive amount of money from revenue share. Maybe you're easily making enough to cover all your personal overhead or maybe more. Look what you've done. That's life-changing, what you just said. Completely. But look what you've done in a short period of time. That's the reason that revenue share, for those of you who are older, to my point, is going to be the cure-all uh, for the, your financial issues. Because you don't probably have enough time to create enough passive income sources from rental properties, but you do have enough time to create some significant revenue share with eXp Realty. So are you saying that if I'm somebody that's having those thoughts, you know, maybe I've even been in real estate a long time and I feel like, well, if it was going to happen for me, it would have happened already to hit that hard reset button and that maybe somebody thinking that can have a renaissance. Totally. Even though they are, you know, maybe at least middle-aged or older, that that's still possible. And I think revenue share could be a leading factor. How many agents have you run into where just simply starting with covering their monthly overhead with revenue share has been just like something that they reflect on and they become emotional about? Well, where my mind's at, and I realize why I'm staying focused on this, is mm -hmm. because... I've had so many calls with brokers and teams over the last two weeks that, and, and I feel when I'm talking to them, because I operate almost completely intuitively and obviously with, with conscious competence at this point when it comes to coaching. And I feel not just here, their uh, sense of defeat. And when I show them a path forward to how really they can be more successful than they ever maybe even thought they could be, just following, you know, after our coaching call, and I had a lot of calls uh, as a result of people trying to understand the ramifications mm -hmm. of the commission sharing lawsuits yes. and all that. And when I lay that all out to them and I clear the air and give them a clear path forward, the calls don't take that long, 50 or 20 minutes. Mm -mm. But the sense of relief that I feel when I'm sharing, uh, when I'm talking with them, gives me, frankly, so much motivation because I know I've truly helped that person. Yes. You mean the sense of, I think you have a sense of relief, but also you're sensing their sense of exactly. relief. Exactly. And maybe, uh, dare I say it, a, when their eyes are opened, it's almost like a personal enlightenment that there is a way forward and it's not going to be as hard as you think. It's not. And really, there is maybe a couple ways forward, but you got to make sure you choose the right path. All right. And one of the most exciting things to do to jumpstart that is point number four. And I love working with coaching clients about this. That is called Upgrade Everything. There's a whole chapter in the Harris Rules book about this. Upgrade everything, your listing presentation, your pre-listing package, all support material. Then upgrade yourself. Refer again to the Upgrade Everything chapter in the book. Your haircut, your glasses, your watch, your shoes, your wardrobe, your car, your technology. Some of you guys have been using the same computer for 10 years and you don't even know how much extra time you're spending booting, rebooting, waiting. Please don't be dialing up to AOL anymore. That kind of thing, right? We talk, Upgrade everything. We talk about this a lot in Harris Rules. To make, that's yes. As Julie said, that's the fun part. But also listeners, Julie loves to shop. 
So there's that. <laughs> Some right. of my coaching clients. All right. Point number five. Point number five. Don't let your ego lead your decision making. This can be very difficult at this stage because you do have the money to make different decisions than you did on, say, year one or year two. You will be tempted by ego advertising, making videos, wanting to be an influencer. Be cognizant of the fact that none of those things lead directly to your profitability. We're not saying don't do them. We're saying be clear on where they fit in. Stop focusing on the appearance of being successful and yes. start actually being successful. And again, start, stop focusing on how you perceive other people perceive you. That's narcissism. That's just your ego. And start focusing on being of service to other people and producing a sizable profit. Julie and I are not advocating you are service to other people at, to your own detriment, especially financially or health or whatever. We are suggesting that you be of service to other people at the highest level and you make large profit margins and then you become rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. But what's going to happen in year four, in year five, is that other people are in the industry, especially, is going to, they're going to start recognizing your success, giving you plaques, giving you all this other crap. And all of a sudden, for the first time, probably in your life, you're going to start feeling, whoa, maybe I am 10 feet tall. Maybe <laughs> I am the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then you're going to start spending money on branding and marketing and things like that just for the sake of emboldening your sense of ego. And that's when you're going to start pissing away all the money that you would have otherwise had for profit. And you're going to stop doing the real work of real estate. That's when a lot of you who are top producers, who are you know top agents in your marketplaces, that's when a lot of you sign up for one-on-one -on -one coaching because you're like, holy crap, I got to the top of what I thought the mountain is. And now I'm finding myself sliding back down. And I just told you why. So do a little yes. bit of introspection on that point. That's right. And we understand, you know, some of that is not entirely their fault. When you're at this production level and you're cranking out those deals and you've got a lot of spinning plates, you've got all these pendings and you're looking at your goals and you have a rough week in real estate, sometimes you want a little recognition, yeah. you know, and if you have to give that to yourself by cutting a TikTok video, well, sometimes you feel good for 30 seconds. Well, but that's the whole point of having a coach. A coach isn't yes. always going to grind you about, you know, that's a good point. You're, sometimes coaching calls are just celebrating your successes. Which is what the coach knows that you need at the time, because guess what? All of our coaches actually have walked in your shoes and are walking in your shoes, and they know that it can be really hard, especially in a transitioning market. For sure. Okay, so back to point number five, don't let your ego lead your decision-making. That's what got us on that tangent. So doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level might be actually getting pretty boring because now you know how to do it, but you've built your skills up along the way. So how do you keep yourself interested? Work on becoming more and more efficient at your lead generation. How many people do you have to speak with to set your next listing appointment? Could you do it at will? If your coach says set the next listing appointment by tomorrow evening and tell me about it, can you do it? This is also in this in this year is when you start uh, succumbing to a lot of luxury thinking. And I'll give you an example. You start working on your mindset. You start thinking that you need to essentially have some sort of you know spiritual revival or just all these other things. And all those other things are just distractions that you can now afford. You can now afford to go to the Tony Robbins event and spend $25,000 to sit in the front and walk on whatever it is, right? You can afford it now, but what that's doing is it's taking you off your mission. Your mission is to sell real estate, make net profit, invest, because in the future, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that version of yourself is going to love you for not having gotten off track and staying in the coal mine, doing what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level. It gets more enjoyable. So at first, when you're starting to do the real work of real estate or of life, it does suck. 
because it's called work. It's not called play. Work, generally speaking, sucks. But then what happens is after you become good at it, it becomes easy. Then you start getting really efficient at it. Then you start selling actually more houses and making a hell of a lot more profit. Then all of a sudden, you want to make those proactively generation calls because you can log into your dashboard of your financial you know, advisor platform. Maybe you're using Mint or something like that. And you can see that your um, the money that you invested five years you put 50 grand in five years ago into you know the S&P 500 and now it's worth 85 or 185. You can see that the EXP Realty stock that you're uh, given because you hit icon your second year is now doubled in value or whatever. You guys get it? This is what happens. But some of you are going to be pulled into the ego stuff, pulled into the mindset stuff. You have to stay the course. Do not get off track because if you do, oh, I have to build my team. Oh, I have to do all the rest of it. If you do, you're, if you do not keep yourself on track, focused, you will lose what you accumulated faster than if it took you five years to get to the point where you're, let's say, a multimillionaire. And let's say you have enough money coming in that you no longer have to work for your money. Your money's now working for you. Congratulations. By all measures, you have made it. And then you stop doing what you were originally doing to get there. I'm now going to delegate the prospecting. I'm now going to have somebody else do my lead follow-up. You will lose everything that you had inside 12 to 18 months that it took you five years to accumulate. 100% of the time, that's what happens when we have to go into what Julie and I call Humpty Dumpty mode, where we have to put (laughs) Humpty Dumpty back together again. That's when a lot of you guys sign up for elite coaching. Yes. I'm glad that you said that because that is kind of the profile of a lot of people that sign up for one-on-one coaching. Yep. You know, and maybe you're maybe you're somebody who's been in premier coaching for a few years and you're feeling this and you need to do that upgrade. It is kind of putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. And, you know, we try to do that very efficiently and dive into what's going on with you and put the pieces back together again and maybe hit the hard reset button. Our job at that level is to shave some time off of that, of you wondering what you should be doing next, and also to encourage you to get back in the saddle. I, I think you and I both and some of our other coaches have gone through where an agent like that who has had previous success but has fallen into some of these pits of ego advertising or branding or all, all the things that can drive your – maybe you're still you know doing a lot of deals, but you're just not ending with a lot of profitability. So that's not that uncommon, but what can happen if you wait too long to get help on that, you can really lose your confidence. Well, it goes, it goes back to the question that you and I thought of a long time ago, and it's really, I think um, – important question. If you have the choice between being famous mm-hmm. and being rich, because remember, we're talking, that's the choice that you will have in year four or five. The world's going to want you to, you know, your social media, branding, marketing. So if you have a choice between famous and being rich, and you can only choose one, because guess what? That is usually how it works. Which would you choose? And I'm going to answer the question for you. I will never forget, I was doing a clubhouse. Uh, you know, this was maybe three or four years ago. And I'm guessing by the guy's voice that I was conversing with, he was in his 60s. And I said that, he immediately chimed in and he said something that literally made me cry a little bit. He said, Tim, I wish I had heard what you just said when I got into the business when I was, say, 25. Because I chose to be famous then. And I chose the same thing when I was 35, 45. Then when I was in my 50s, I started to realize... I made the wrong decision. I'd never heard, he said, I'd never heard anyone say it is 
succinctly as your question, but I now realize the decision I made was to be famous. He said I was doing the bus benches and the freaking this is and the other things. And things. I was the number one agent here, the number one agent there. I had all the attention. Everyone thought I was the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I had actually built myself into this you know world where I was so addicted to the attention and the perception that I was really successful. I would do anything to continue that uh, essentially living that lie basically. And maybe in his mind at the time, being famous was more important to him than being rich. But as he had gotten older, he clearly, he made it clear that he very much regretted making that decision. So even if you are in your 60s and you're now realizing you made that same mistake, you can write that wrong, right? We've already talked about that. But those of you who are younger and you're really drawn to the idea that you need to make yourself appear successful on social and you need to do marketing branding and the most valuable thing you're going to build is your brand, blah, blah, blah. I strongly suggest that you ask yourself what it is that your real, what is your real goal? Because as you get older and it happens fast, you will not give a rat's ass about how famous you are. You'll wish you would have been rich and made the other choice. Make the right choice now if you made the wrong choice in the past. Yes, that's very true. I, I laugh because I think about some of our coaching clients that are living that life where they're very profit-driven and they are they know their numbers, they have a dashboard, they have a really high, <clears throat> excuse me, a really high net, and they almost enjoy flying under the radar. Oh yeah. Versus putting themselves out there and having all of the the splash out there because that is a competitive advantage on a listing presentation because nobody sees them coming. It, it, I always love hearing those stories. So anyway, that's just an aside. Now we're talking about year four where all of these issues start to happen. One of the things that you can do to get reinvested in your business and to maybe gamify it a bit is number six, raise your average sale price. Now that you can easily do at least 24 transactions per year, check out this math. 24 times, say the, the example we've been using, an average of $12,000 net commission that's based on a $500,000 sale with 20% off the top. That's $288,000 on 24 transactions with an average net of 12 grand. Well, look what happens when you raise the average sale price, not to four or five million, but just to 750. With an average net commission of 18,000 on those same 24 deals, you're now gonna make 432,000 versus 288,000. I remember when we had that epiphany when we were selling real estate. That was a great epiphany. Yeah, it was like a big, <laughs> a big duh. A serious and, aha and, moment. And the thing that was amazing is all the things that we had done and learned to sell between 100 and 200 houses per year with an average sale price of whatever the average was for the market. Mm -hmm. All of those skills, all of those scripts, all of those presentations translated perfectly to the upper end market. And immediately. And I'll say this as well. If you guys want to meet the best, baddest-ass agents in the world, they're not the upper-end agents. Because the upper-end agents mostly don't have very organized systems, don't know how to really compete. They get almost all their business from centers of influence and past clients. True. You go to a place like Columbus, Ohio. You uh, meet somebody like Joe Jackson or, sure. or, or Sue. What was Sue's last name? Sue Glitch. Or Sue Glitch or mm -hmm. some of these other people. You go to a place where people have to sell lots of houses, have to have lots of conversations consistently they have skill set that will turn the best high-end luxury agent on their heels. I promise you. The best, most thoroughbred agents are the ones that actually have to do work, do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level with three feet of snow on the ground. You well, know? it's kind of a blessing and a curse, right? Because those agents don't have the luxury of going from a, you know, like a $50,000 commission check to, you know, that's okay for this quarter. Sure. I'll just wait and, you know, I'll luck into something next quarter. They don't have that luxury. 
they have to not take a lot of time to get ready to get started on a daily basis. Well, for example, when Julie and I moved from the normal market to the upper end market when we were selling in central Ohio, you know, we went from the average sale price and we five, six X'd it. That's what we did inside. How long would you say? Because they're going to ask, how long, looking back, would you say that transition? And let, let's months. be clear too. We 12... didn't dump up our old market. No, we no, no. added on to it. Yeah. But here's what, here, I'll tell you what we discovered. First of all, the upper end agents like are terrible at lead follow-up. God bless you if you're an upper end agent. Don't make these mistakes. But generally speaking, they're terrible with lead follow-up. They're not very good at all with pre-qualifying, but they also take an inordinate, inordinate what's the word? Inordinate. Thank you. Amount of time off. They will, I remember. They're hard to find. They're, they're playing too much damn golf. Yeah. But I remember when um, we were in New Albany and it was August. And remember, Julie and I are poor kids, so we didn't know this. So those of you who know this, <laughs> what I'm about to tell you already, you already know this. And you're like, duh, Tim, don't you do this? All right. In August, what a lot of wealthy people do is they don't work. They go to Europe. And I remember we were taking listings because the other agents were in France and Julie and I were taking listings and working. Not making this up, guys. <laughs> yeah. And so what you discover is if you are if you get good at selling meat and potato price range houses and you go to those upper end markets, and this type of market is the perfect type perfect. of market to make a transition like that because the sellers in a lot of these upper end markets aren't successful selling their homes with the local you know, center of influence and uh, past client agent that they've known from tennis forever. They've already listed with that one. They may have already listed with the other one. There's usually one and two dominant agents in any particular, especially luxury market. Both of them failed at selling the listing. You're going to roll in there and you're going to take the listing because you frankly are, you know, running well a real professional. professional. Exactly. That's what we did. You can do the same exact thing. That's exciting. That's a, you, when you say, oh my gosh, this market, this market creates New kings and queens in the real estate markets because of the will, they're willing to do what they don't want to do and they don't want to do at the highest level. Do not be uh, uh, in any way intimidated by more expensive listings or more expensive sellers. They're just like you. They've just been at it longer. Or maybe you know they've bought and sold more houses and so they've accumulated you know more equity or they've been successful dentists or whatever. They're going to love your hustle. They're going to love the fact that you take a professional approach. Just the very fact that you call them back personally uh, will make it so that you stand out on their minds. I remember clearly <laughs> listing sure. homes where the seller would call us or message us or email us. And I personally would call them back right away. That in itself, even if we'd done nothing else right, would have got us the listing yeah. because the other agents, it was the weekend, so they're not working. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's funny that you have that flashback because I remember being on many appointments with you where the seller would be like, yeah, I was going to, I thought I was going to list with so-and-so, but I left him a message three and a half days ago and gosh, I mean, I wonder if they're even still in the business because they haven't called me back. I mean, it's so easy, especially, you know, we have podcasts called the seven step listing process. When you actually operate as the professional that we trained you to be, it's actually easier than you think, you know, maybe not in the beginning where you're building your skills, but it's just Pick up your phone, call people back, use good scripts. It's easy because you're following a system. It's easy because our premier coaching is a system. Yes. It tells you what to do. It tells you how to do it, what to say, how to say it. it that's the reason it feels easier. And it, you, and this is right. This goes back to our plan. Years four and five, when you start developing the level of you know mastery of unconscious competence, where you just, whatever comes out of your mouth is pretty much spot on with what you should be thinking. And, you know, you're actually arriving at being a true professional. Don't get bored. Be grateful. 
and do more of it. That's the answer. So listen, guys, we're going to wrap on today's show, but we did not get to year five. And yes, we're teasing you. You know, we could do year five tomorrow. We could. You want to? Sure. All right, we're going to do year five tomorrow. <laughs> we were going to make this a three-day plan, but now we're going to make it a four-day plan just to th- make things even more confusing. And because of our stories. <laughs> yeah, and our stories that we like to tell. And I know you guys like to hear them. You tell us. So we're going to do year five tomorrow. Uh, but our notes, including year five of our notes, are in the show description below. Scroll down, join Premier Coaching. It's the next natural step for all of you. I know you guys love this podcast. This is the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. You will not believe the value you get with Premier Coaching. Scroll down, click the link, join. In the meantime, we will talk with you guys tomorrow, and we're going to talk with you about year five of your five-year plan. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.